What's up, Dolphin fans? This is Aaron the Brain coming to you with a Dolphins Bills preview solo show as Josh uh, Josh and I were unable to get on the same page with our schedules. So we talked it over and we decided that it would be best if I just put together a little bit of a solo show on my own. It's going to be a little bit of a quick one. Uh, just going to give you the the breakdown of the game between the Dolphins and the Bills, the second matchup between the Dolphins and the Bills this season, this time coming from the friendly confines of Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens. But before I give you that breakdown, we're just going to do our plugs. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. Make sure that you are going to dolphinstalk.com uh, your one-stop shop for everything dolphins to find our podcast and listen to all of the other great podcasts on the dolphinstalk.com podcast network also some great articles on there it really is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins don't forget to like rate and review us on iTunes you can follow us on Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else where you can find podcasts such as this one. So, the Dolphins, winners of back-to-back games, the tank, maybe not officially over, but we're getting very close to that being the reality. So, is it time to start actually rooting for this team to win? Or is it still time to, you know, want this team to play well, but still really need this team to lose because you you still want to get the best draft position possible? I'm still in the camp that it's still best for this organization to lose games, but I will say that if they win games, I'm at the point now where I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be terribly upset if they're winning games because... For them to win games with this roster just speaks so much about the job that Brian Flores is doing that for them to win games and end up with a pick that's not a top three or four pick, I mean, Brian Flores would have to be one of the best coaches in the league. But, you know, maybe that's a little bit of hyperbole. Maybe that's very short-sighted because, you know, as Dolphin fans, uh, we've seen this this before where uh, the Dolphins bring in a new coach and in his first year he has greater success than expected and we all fall in love and then we find out two or three years down the line that it was just fool's gold and that that could be the case if we end up winning five or six games but it also could be the case that we we have found a really great head coach and what they're doing this year so far seems sustainable. The, the the progression that they've made seems sustainable because they're not doing it on the back of fluky plays. They're not doing it on the back of the Wildcat like they did it like they did with Sperano. They're not doing it on the back of a quarterback having uh, a stretch of games that is the best in his career. They're not doing it uh on the back of of a really, really poor schedule. They they did get some... I mean, granted, we're talking about back-to-back wins. It's not like they've reeled off five or six wins. But, yes, the Jets game... Uh, look, the Jets are a bad team, and we got them at home, and it, it shouldn't be a huge shock that that's one of the games that we won on the schedule. I think going back uh, as far as, you know, 
week one when we were looking at the schedule, even after you know the the Laramie Tunsil trade, I think we still felt like look a home game against the Jets. That's a that's a game that you wouldn't be shocked if the Dolphins win. And then you get a little bit of luck with uh, Jacoby Brissett being out because. Uh, let's face it, the way Brian Hoyer, Hoyer played in that game, the Dolphins get a one-point victory. you got to feel like if Jacoby Brissett is starting that game for Indianapolis, uh, the Dolphins probably aren't winning. But the way that the Dolphins are winning, they're winning by playing smart, tough, disciplined football. They're not doing it. They're not beating anybody with talent. And that's why I feel like the progression that they're making where they've gotten better every single week and... They, they've managed to win a couple of games. I expect that progression to continue because there's nothing fluky about the way that they've gotten here. So, look, it wouldn't shock me if this team does have a couple more wins in it. I still think they're going to end up with a top five pick, but they don't look like the worst team in the league. And honestly, that should be a feather in the cap for Brian Flores. But we still need this team to lose games because even if it's not to a tongue of Iowa, you're going to want to have a high enough pick to get Joe Burrow. And, you know, if you've got to trade for either of them, the closer you are to the pick, the less you've got to give up in a trade. If we end up with a fifth or sixth pick and we got to jump over other teams uh, to get the quarterback, I mean, at that point, <laughs> we we might be giving up all of that valuable draft capital that we, that we worked so hard to get. But look, at the end of the day, if you get the quarterback... If you get the franchise guy, whether it's Tua, it's Burrow, whoever it is, if you get him, even if you've got to trade multiple first-round picks, which I'm assuming you would have to do if you if you don't have a top-two pick, if you get the quarterback, that's what this season is all about. Look, it would be great if we got the number one pick and we could just use the number one pick to get Tua or Burrow or whoever you like and then use all of those other picks to address all of the needs on this team. That's the ideal situation. That's always been the ideal situation and that's why I as long as well as, you know, a bunch of other heady dolphin fans uh have been on board with tanking, with losing games and getting the number one pick. But even if that doesn't happen, you got to figure out a way to get the quarterback. And if you get the quarterback, it doesn't matter if you have to trade a bunch of picks. You just got to get the guy. Because then at that point, with all the cap space, and we still got plenty of draft picks, we can finally start to build this thing around a franchise quarterback. So, back to the matchup between the Dolphins and the Bills. The last time these two played, it was the best game the Dolphins had played in the season thus far. Uh, which seems to be the case every week going back about five or six weeks now. But the Dolphins, look, they lost the game by 10 points, but the game was much closer. And in fact, the Dolphins were up 14 to 9 at one point in that game with an opportunity to go up 21 to 9 after picking up a first and goal on a fake field goal. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick throws a fishy interception uh, down near the goal line. I don't know. It was the the timing of it was was as disastrous as it was uh interesting, I shall say, or fishy, I should say. Uh but nevertheless, it was the turning point in that game and from that point on, the Bills 
took control of the game. The Dolphins tried to stage a valiant comeback, got it to within three, kicked the onside kick, and then the Bills returned the onside kick for a touchdown to ice the game. And the Dolphins ended up with a 31-21 victory. But the Dolphins played well in that game. And now they get the Bills at home. And the Bills are losers of two of the last three. They lost the game to the Browns, who were not exactly playing good football as of late going into that game. Uh, they were they were outclassed in a game against Philadelphia, and those two games uh, were sandwiched around a game against the lowly Washington Redskins, whose only win in the season comes against a Miami Dolphins team that had them on the ropes but dropped a two-point conversion to win the game. So, the Bills not exactly uh, playing playing their best football right now, and so they're vulnerable. Uh, but that said, what the Bills want to do is very simple. They want to run the ball, they want to play defense, and they want Josh Allen to make some big-time throws at some big-time moments. Now, the Dolphins didn't have to deal with John Brown the last time these two played. He uh, he sat that one out, and that probably uh, probably hurt the Bills uh, from a, their passing offense a little bit in that game, but the main... Uh, means that the that the Bills were able to attack the Dolphins in that game was really on the ground, and it was really a combination of Josh Allen. Actually, John Brown did play in that game. I'm sorry. He was questionable going into that game, and he actually had a great game against the Dolphins in that one. He had five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. So uh, they're going to have to key on him. When they, when they played Buffalo last, they actually had Xavier Howard in that game, and... Now they don't have Xavier Howard, but the secondary of no names has just been playing just way above their heads the last few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they deal with with this Buffalo receiving core, but in particular John Brown because he's a speedster. And if there's one real area that this Dolphins secondary is lacking because they're kind of no-name guys. They they get by on physicality and technique. They're not really well equipped to take on a big speedster receiver. Well, not a big speedster receiver because John Brown isn't a big guy. He's a smaller guy, but a very fast receiver like John Brown. So I, I expect that to be a matchup problem. I expect the Bills to try to get him isolated in man coverage. And any time that he is, I expect the Dolphins, uh, the, the Bills to go at that matchup, whether it is against Nick Needham or uh, Eric Rowe. Eric Rowe's been more in the safety role. But I, I assume it's going to be Nick Needham that's going to be drawing a lot of that coverage. And the Dolphins run a lot of man coverage. So unless they're shading a safety over to that side where, where John Brown is to give Nick Needham some help, I think that's a matchup problem that Buffalo will exploit. And the other matchup problem that I think Buffalo will exploit, look, the Dolphins have been, have been getting better defending the run, but they're still not a good run defense. And the Bills are a physical running team, downhill running team with Frank Gore. And when they decide to run these designed runs with Josh Allen, they've got the numbers advantage uh, because you you basically, you got an extra back in the, in the backfield when it, when it's Josh Allen. You're basically running the Wildcat with the way that he can run. You're, it's like running, a, it's like going up against Cam Newton. And so... A young Cam Newton, that is. So I, I think. Look, last time, 
they these two teams met. Josh Allen ran 11 times for 55 yards, which is solid, but we kind of contained him. Last year in two games, he ran for over 200 yards against us. So we certainly did a much better job in that game than we did in the two games from last season. But it's still a matchup problem. But but the defensive line has been playing better on the edge. Implementing John Jenkins onto this defensive line, now with him, Christian Wilkins, and Devon Godshaw, it looks like we really have a solidified three-man front. And then whether it's Jerome Baker on the edge or, or uh, Charles Harris. Charles Harris has been playing better as of late. Taco Charlton uh, playing, you know, doing a decent job. We've got some guys where we're a little bit better equipped to set to to dent the edge and to really contain an an, an opposing physical running attack. But I don't think that we're by any stretch a really good run defense. And unless the Dolphins can get off to a big lead, which is something that we haven't done all season, and I don't think that we're equipped to to do in general I'd be shocked <laughs> it's certainly in this game if that would happen but you know the ideal way of attacking Buffalo would in the, in this game would be to make them one-dimensional because the Dolphins pass defense has been so good the last month and Buffalo has their has their issues throwing the ball you know Josh Allen has his consist uh, his consistency issues his accuracy issues and if you can get them into down into you know long down distance and force them to throw the ball there's a recipe for success there but that means you've got to stop the run on first and second down it means you've got to if Buffalo is going to pass the ball on first down you've got to you've You've got to to force some incompletions. You got to force them into second and long. You got to force them into some obvious passing downs. If Miami does that, I think there's a recipe for success here. I think Miami has an opportunity to keep it close. But this is a huge game for Buffalo, and they're just a better team. They're they're a, they're a more physical team. They're a more talented team, and they're not dealing with the injuries. Uh, that the Indianapolis Colts were dealing with last week. And frankly, they're not dealing with the injuries that the Miami Dolphins are dealing with. Not having Preston Williams in this game means that Devontae White, uh, Devontae Parker, has to uh, draw the matchup against uh, Tredavious White, one of the best defensive backs in the National Football League. So uh, I think it's going to be difficult to for us to pass the ball. Uh, we're dealing with, obviously, you know, we traded Kenyon Drake, we got Mark Walton suspended, so uh, you know Kalen Balage got almost all of the snaps as the lead running back last last week. I think Chris Laird looks a lot better, and from what I've seen out of him, just a more creative, more patient, better vision runner. I'd love to see him eat into some of those carries and see what he can do. But this might be the kind of game where we just don't have running room because the the Bills defensive line is the strength of their team and our offensive line is obviously the weakness. So I think this is going to be a difficult game for the offense. If they have any any chance of winning this game, they're probably going to need turnovers. They're going to need this to be a close, low-scoring game. I think the defense will do as good a job as they can to try to keep this one close. But ultimately, I think this is a, a Bills team that will take control of this game in the second half. And I I think even though the, the Dolphins have been playing better as of late and they've been covering games, heck, they've won a couple of games, I think this is a game where I could see the Dolphins kind of crashing back to earth 
and the Bills really dominating. I can see it being close for a half, and then some point in the third quarter, the Bills kind of get a two-score lead, force Ryan Fitzpatrick into a turnover, and then just kind of pour it on. So that's what I'm calling for. I think the Bills win this one going away 31-9. to So that's our show. Uh, Hope you enjoyed the solo show. Josh and I will be back to do a show, probably record sometime Sunday after the game, and it should be up either Sunday night or Monday morning. So look for that. Look for it on Twitter through the at same old Dolphins show or at same old Dolphins uh, Twitter handle. And, uh, you know, look for retweets from me at Aaron the Brain, Josh at Amplified to Rock, and I don't know. It depends what you're hoping for, whether I should say hopefully we'll be talking about uh, a third Dolphins win in a row or the Dolphins getting back on the track to tanking for either Tua or Joe Burrow. But regardless of what you are hoping for, we will be here with all of the coverage that you're looking for on the same old Dolphins show. So for the absentee Amplified to Rock, This is Aaron the Brain saying, let's go Dolphins!